feel like the crack of the can gives us away on this one. I'm a fraud today. <laughs> what do you mean gives us away? It like, doesn't oh. sound like a beer cracking. It sounds oh. like a it sounds like a soft drink cracking. Oh yeah. Um we're a day late. Sorry, we normally put videos out Sunday slash Monday, but it's Monday night and we've been poorly. Um so yeah, there we go. It's a day late, but a day late if I'm short. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but okay. Don't look at me like that. Um this is Ben's bedtime stories, where I tell Ben bedtime stories that are not really good bedtime stories because they're not very nice. Um so are you ready for your bedtime story? Yes. Okay. This week we're gonna do um you might have heard of them. People out there might have done. We're gonna go for the Sunset Strip Killers. You know where the Sunset Strip is? Have a guess, where do you think it might be in the world? California. Mm-hmm. Let's go there one day. <laughs> you are you have to work on your sales pitch. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Well I feel like Here's California. There's a story had... about people getting murdered there. There's lots of people who get murdered there. Let's go. I feel like there were so many murders in California in like the seventies and eighties. So maybe we might be safe now. It's also not really fair to judge a place on like like their it... crime rate. <laughs> what I mean, think about California. I mean, it's the size California. of the country. California. It? It's not. <laughs> Sorry. It's the size of probably half the fucking county. Like. Not half the county, half the country's counties. Yeah, like, because it. I was looking. Huge. Sometimes I look this up on like Google Maps to see where things are, um, and it's obviously like a state. So there's certain places in California that are like, oh this place, and that's a, that's an entire city, which really is like yeah okay, it's very small over in England. Um, so we're going we're going to go back to 1980, which can you believe was 41 years ago? A long time now. Um, June the 12th and the LA police get a call from a highway worker and he's found two semi-naked female bodies on the Sunset Strip which is about a, it's about a two uh, one and a half two mile stretch um, of like road on Sunset Boulevard that passes through West Hollywood and these two girls um, have been shot in the head but there's not much blood on the scene so they're thinking okay well these girls have obviously been killed somewhere else and dumped there um, the girls are stepsisters one of them is called Sinley Chandler she was 16 and Gina Narano who was 15 and they've both been sexually assaulted um, and when they spoke to the family they said they were known for being runaways so Two days later, June the 14th, there is a call from someone and she says that her boyfriend's been bragging about killing these two girls and she doesn't really say much else. Um, the person... Not the, even like, but I dumped him though, so it's fine. You know, she doesn't say none of that. Um, the police don't know her name at the time, but I'm going to tell you who this is because I get to tell the story. Her name is Carol Bundy, and she was born in Los Angeles, 1943. She was brought up 
uh, by abusive alcoholic parents who beat her. And at 14, her mum died of a heart attack. Um, and the same night, her dad took her into his bed and said, oh. you're going to replace your mum now. Oh. oh. Um, so then she started to be abused in other ways. Um, a year later, her dad remarried and decided to just put Carol in care. So she ended up going around foster families. And her eyesight gets pretty bad at this point. Um, she's known for being quite promiscuous at high school. And they think this is probably for attention because she's looking for some nice attention. I guess she's not had much of that. Um, and when she's 17, she marries a 56-year-old. Oh! Um, look, it might have been true love. Yeah, I mean... It wasn't. It, wasn't. Um, so, it wouldn't be on this story if it was. No, so by 19... 19... <laughs> the story of how someone got married. <laughs> and they all lived happily ever after. <laughs> um, by 1970, she is divorced for a second time because... That first one didn't work out, and another what? one also that didn't, didn't work, work out. out. It didn't work out. Why would we skip the marriage? The details of the second marriage. Then, well, I couldn't find much about him, right, but okay. um, apart from the fact well, the that he divorce. was, <laughs> that I think they. Who um, is an important part of the sentence there? I'm gonna go with he wasn't actually her true love, so she married again, and this guy was an abusive asshole and. That also was not good. So, so yeah, she gets. She was at the time working as a nurse, um, but her eyesight got so bad she had to resign. I mean, they had glasses in 1970, right? She didn't think to get any, I don't think. Um, so she resigned, and she was living in a shelter for domestic violence victims because she's just divorced her second husband, who was abusive. Um, in 1979, she moves into an apartment building in LA and she falls for a guy called Jack, who is they, they, the, Jack is the building manager slash country singer of where she lives. I mean, he's not the country singer for where she lives. He's, yeah, he's they've into... all got an allocated country <laughs> singer for each apartment. <laughs> That would be You're the great, country. though. You're, no, it wouldn't. It was country shit. Whoa! I'm Don't sorry, get, but it get, is. Get it's far emo. It's far emo. Nah. Far emo? Oh, my <laughs> God. Nah. I don't love Dolly Parton. Oh, oh, get out. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the favourite bit of, of Dolly Parton's music. The end. Ah, oh, <laughs> but she is a diamond. We just... I don't even know if that you'd class that as proper country. Oh, is it not? It's like, oh. I don't know. It strikes me as like more poppy than anything else, doesn't it? But obviously Pop? she's poppy, oh. like, ah. like how you can get newfound glory and you can get the Sex Pistols, but you wouldn't say they were the same genre, but they're both kind of punk aligned. I don't know if you'd class her as like oh. proper country. Oh, okay. I don't know because well, I don't like it as a, as a clearly. I set out. should let you know that. I looked up our statistics the other day, and we have more listeners in America than we do over here. Um, so they might be really offended by that because they might all come from. Well, I don't know where I'm sorry to hear that. 
<laughs> Everyone loves Dolly Parton. What's wrong with you? Country's farming, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't have their own country singer. He is the building manager for everyone's apartment, but he is also a part-time country singer in his spare time. Um, he's married and has two kids. Carol thinks, great, that's my guy. Um, so they start an affair. Okay. So he is building manager, part-time country singer, part-time lover. And... So otherwise he's sometimes working nine to five. <laughs> 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 and then he's singing country at the weekend. Exactly. What a way to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was brilliant. That for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I scored on feet for a minute ago. Oh, it's go. It's just going great for you. Um, he has a good idea. He says, "You can't see. Let's get you some glasses." So he takes her to an ophthalmologist. I swear, you have to take Harrison to these appointments. Exactly that. The ophthalmology place. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the equivalent. Couple of times of, a year. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the equivalent of spec savers is in America, but that's where he takes her and gets her some glasses. So she goes back to nursing, which great for her. She gives him access. I'm gonna. This is gonna be wrong. To why you put? <laughs> Finish that sentence, Andrea. <laughs> she gave him access to her security safe deposit box. Oh, okay. That's what they're called, isn't it? Yeah. The ones they always robbing banks. And he steals all her money. Speaking of GTA, Oh, I thought you were going to say you had a safety deposit box then. I was like, wow, what treasures have you got? <laughs> Look at um, you. <laughs> money? No, you have no money. Yeah, so no, you have it all. I do. Um, I don't. I don't have much money, you know. Oh, we need money. Anyway, so a year later, she is pleading with him. Even though he's a top guy, got her glasses, but, I mean, maybe that's his fee, t taking her money. She's like, please, please. <coughs> I've got a corona. <laughs> God's sake. Ben just coughs so much he farts. <laughs> no, I certified we do not have the rona, actually. No, you don't. You've had two tests last two week. Two tests. It's just flu we've had, not COVID. Um, I've had man flu, so I am actually still lucky to be alive, though. That's very true. Right, are you done making noises from your body? <laughs> I don't know. You have to just sort of see how this one plays out, I think. Uh, yeah, so she is pleading with him, please, 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 please leave your wife and we can be together. And he says, no. So. You've already let me into your safety deposit box. It's too what late. more do I need? Want. Exactly. So, and I took your money. <laughs> So she does what all rational people do, and she um, she bribes his wife with $1,500 and says, if well, I'll give you this money if you leave him. And she says, no. And... <laughs> it's not even like it's a bit... Like, if that was 15000 you'd probably be like, yeah, yeah, you know, deposit for a house or something. Mm. Yeah, that's a good bit of getaway money. But no. even then, you, you know, you could still be like, well, no, probably... Probably and not. also, uh, fifteen hundred quid. Bitch, we That's already got day. your money. Like, have my man. We also have your money. No, so uh, no, that doesn't work. Jack goes mental at this because I guess he maybe didn't want his wife to know about this little extramarital spec saver affair he was having and extracurricular activities. Exactly, and he throws Carol out 
he's like, you can't live here. Bye. Um, so December the 28th, 1979. But that's how dangerously tapped she must have been. I'm assuming this is the murderer. Because to... to, um, to it's one of the things you can't you can't process the logic in thinking that you could oh, pay this will work fifteen hundred pounds. Yeah, not even that because back then I think it was more or less two dollars to the pound as well. So what about three grand? No, <laughs> about, am I getting that wrong? I think so. Two dollars to one pound. One of us oh, so that would have been half of yeah, fifty. About so about seven hundred fifty quid. <laughs> oh, what could you buy for that back then? Not a lot. Oh. Oh no, yeah, probably like, no, I don't want that. Um, so, I mean, we'd like to assume that she leaves Jack alone, but she doesn't, because bitches be crazy. And she, she keeps going... Sit the feminist. <laughs> Look, I will happily admit we are crazy. You make us crazy. Um, I'm going, I'm a treat. A treat. A, a snack. I'm a delight. So... She keeps going to the bars where Jack is performing and singing. And this is where she meets and becomes infatuated with Doug Clark. Oh, we, I was literally just saying, wasn't I? Douglas. What a name. Do, who lo- This is my baby. Douglas. Yeah, how do you, uh, how do you that, arrive on that? I feel like that was a name of the time. Like Barry or... I don't know, not a great name. Um, but he comes across as really intelligent, well-dressed, and she thinks, this guy, this is the man of my dreams. Um, but Doug is a less than savoury character. He is very full of himself, um, and he, he preys on women like Carol, who I guess are a little bit naive. Um, he grew up on a military farm. Didn't realise the military had farms, but everyone needs bacon. So he moved all over. He didn't have really any supervision or role models in his life. He was just sort of left to his own devices. He was smart, but a bit of a slacker in school. Um, He was often caught wearing his mum's or his sister's underwear. See, prior to... I mean, apart from the whole (laughs) preying on women thing, Mm -hmm. prior to the point you said about the underwear, I was like, sounds a lot like me. Like, sort of smart, but kind of ill-disciplined. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I, I don't. No, I don't no. Wear my mum's or my sister's underwear. No, you don't. They're too fat. <laughs> Fuck sake, bet. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Nina's not going to listen to this anyway, and I don't care what my mum thinks. But that's for a whole other topic. Oh, yeah, no, we're not going into our. This is look. <laughs> this is about other people's family problems, not our own. <laughs> so. I don't wear women's clothes. Um, oh, that's a lie. I've seen a picture of you in a dress. That was a drinking game. <laughs> that was one time. It was a drinking game. It went wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> I lost. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I mean, I won. <laughs> um, so, but look, nothing wrong with that. that. I mean, that doesn't mean there's... I mean, don't borrow other people's. Buy your own. But if you... Mm, yeah, okay. Um, he was very popular with girls in high school. Um... He would tell people he had a lot of kinks. Um, He would often set up a tape recorder and place it underneath his bed so he could play back to his friends his sexual encounters. Because I'm sure his friends 
wanted to listen to that. Maybe he was like bragging about it. I don't For know. Dennis. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Ma- yeah. I guess he was like, check this out. Ooh. Um, this escalated to role playing and sex toys. I mean, let's not judge. That's fine. Um, and sadomasochism. Again, it's not judged. Like each to their own. However, it becomes an addiction. Yeah, that's where we're gonna draw the we'll draw the line at that because it's gonna get worse. So in '67, he was drafted into the military air force. He moved to South California and was honorably discharged four years later. And he got a job as a steam engineer in LA. Honorably discharged. What did I say? No, that's what I'm. Questioning. Oh yeah, yeah, no, honorably discharged. That means he's like done his time, isn't it? He's he's served his years well. Yes. Dishonorable. He's done something like he's he's done something amazing, like saved loads of people's lives. Oh, what's so they? On a landmine or got shot. Ah, oh, right. So they're like, you know I mean? you've you've you can yeah, you've you can stop me. Yeah. Okay. Um. So he sees Carol as, and I. Do you know what? I feel sorry for the girl, but um. I think after a while, you just have to stop making bad decisions, though. Like she's already been through enough in her life at that point. Yes. To, to sort of maybe start thinking I need to maybe yeah. just stick to nursing got my glasses I'll just save people but yeah so he sees her as an easy target she's 37 this is how they describe her in the documentary that I watched and I felt really bad for her she's 37 a bit overweight got really thick glasses and she's complaining and drinking a lot look aren't we all <laughs> There's, take out the 37 and that's me a little bit chubby. No, my glasses aren't thick, but I have glasses and I'm always complaining and drinking. Leave the girl alone. Um, but honestly, she's like... Imagine you Rose West. As, you wouldn't have any weight problems if you didn't drink as much. So. That's probably true. You drink so much wine. I <laughs> do. She, yeah, she, she's like, she looks very much like Rose West. She's yeah, got those thick plastic rimmed glasses going on Proper thick lenses 60s, 70s yeah like short dark hair little, little bit chubby maybe what would we say she's a little bit she's a little bit chubby, say chubby. um I, I mean yeah so he thinks well all i've got to do is just give this girl a bit of attention and she's going to be all over me like a rash so that works well for me and he can get whatever he likes so a few weeks later they both rent an apartment together in burbank which is a city in california and Dirk has been looking for someone to start sharing his dark fantasy of killing someone. Um, he divulges to her his sadistic sexual fantasies and he starts to desensitise her by slowly like adding violence to when they have sex. And um, he brings other women back home so they can have threesomes. And she's kind of going along with it because um, I guess it, it's all gradually happening so it's it just kind of seems normal, I guess. Um, she doesn't even batter an eyelid though when he brings home their 11 year old neighbour to take um, and I hate this term pornographic photos of her it's not pornographic photos it is child photos. Yes, child abuse images I hate that word like child porn it's not child porn child abuse images um, but she's not phased because I guess she was used to like her dad abusing her so they say in this documentary that um, she's used to men taking charge, so like, who is she to sort of question what he's doing? Um, this is the bit. Uh, he tells Carol he wants to feel a, and I've worded this in my own words because the words used 
not nice. He wants to feel a woman contract on him during sex whilst he kills her. The words they used was death spasms. Um, so, April 24th, he gets her to apply for a license for two 25 caliber automatic pistols and she did this willingly because carol's dumb yeah um uh yeah so this is when doug decides to prowl the streets and he obviously is quite happy because he's got a woman that wants to help him kill someone and she's quite happy because she wants to please him because she wants to keep him so it's not going great um recipe for disaster really and two months later he tells carol that he's killed the two runaways that he picked up on the sunset strip the two teenagers from the beginning and he said i'm not going to tell you we'll read that bit later because i'm not going to tell you what he did to them just yet we'll find out later um carol calls the police because she thinks he's bluffing but she doesn't give doug's identity or anything she just says oh my boyfriend said he's killed two people Hmm, suspicious. Oh, so it's not like she cares about justice, she just wants to know if he was telling the truth hmm. or not. So June the 20th, she goes out and joins him to go and find someone to kill. Um, And because she wants to keep him and she wants to please him, she's going to do it. So they both find, they pick up a sex worker and they dump her body. And Carol realises that this is quite an adventure and she's getting a sense of importance because she's helping Doug. And she's also getting a bit of a sexual kick out of this, I guess, because she's been so desensitised and thinks this is all okay. Um, the police are still investigating the stepsisters' uh, murders. They don't know who's done that yet. And Carol says, look, and this is where I realised that I thought, well, she's not all innocent because she tells Doug, you need to make these murders look worse because that way the police are going to be looking for a psycho, not you. <laughs> but my question is, one... I'm not going to tell you yet, but he's already done some horrific stuff to those girls that would mean he's a psycho. And two, what does a psycho look like? Like, And also, three, if you're not questioning the fact mm. that you feel like your boyfriend should make murders look worse, mm -hmm. then maybe you're the psycho. Maybe you're the psycho, Carol. And that's what they were saying. You're not a psycho if you're sane enough to question if you're a psycho. That's it, yeah. Like... They always say to a very different scale, but if they, they say to mums, like, if you're worrying about your kids and thinking, am I doing a good enough job? You are, because you're worrying about your kids, sort of thing. Um, me and April were talking about this a while ago, and Becca thinks this is gross, but um, me and April both said, look, Ted Bundy was a psycho, but he was hot. And then April proceeded to tell me that she thought Jeffrey Dahmer was too, and I said, no, stop. That's where we draw the line. I think you should draw the line at either of them, to be honest. <laughs> It's not right, really. um, so, we're going to leave that. We'll put a pin in that. June the 23rd, there are gunshots heard in Burbank. And um, people find the body of Karen Jones, who's a sex worker from Arkansas. She's found dumped and she's been shot in the head. And three hours later, a man finds a woman's body that is headless um, by a dumpster. Her name's Exie Wilson. The dumpster? What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? The way you were like, buy a dumpster. Her name's Exy. <laughs> oh. Um, they check local dumpsters and they don't find the poor woman's head. Um, Exy was also a sex worker from Arkansas, so they think maybe these two women knew each other. 
Um, June the 27th, a man finds a box and wrapped in a pink t-shirt with the words daddy's girl on it is Exy's frozen head. They thaw out her head and they find seminal fluid on it. Um, they compare bullets from all four of the murders and they are all four, they're all 25 caliber bullets. Which is obviously what we know is Carol's guns. Um, so Doug turns on Carol and he said that he shot Exie and beheaded her. They took the head home. Carol put makeup on it and then Doug would use it for stuff. Ugh. Yeah. And he told Carol to dump the head. And he's like, look, you're a fucking idiot. They found the head. Um, and he gets really angry at her. So police start to question the sex workers on the Sunset Strip to try and find information about if anyone's seen anything weird going on. Um, and they find, June the 30th, they find the body of the sex worker that Carol and Doug had killed the first time. She's been dead for a few weeks. Um, she went missing in a pink shirt with the words Daddy's Girl on it. So they obviously linked this murder to exes. She was 17 and she was a runaway from Sacramento. So... At this point, even though Doug's like, look, you screwed up, he's kind of loving the publicity of this all being in the news and they haven't been caught. Carol's really excited because she wants to please him, but she's starting to worry because he obviously got pissed off her at that time. Starting to worry. I, I know. There's and... like several dead people. You've had to put makeup on a severed head, but you're like, wait a minute, this is getting a bit weird now. He got cross with me. <laughs> Carol, get your priorities right, Carol. I hope she didn't use that makeup on herself because that would probably be really unsanitary. I hope she did. Yeah, on second thought, she's a dick. I, we hope you get syphilis. Um... So, Carol is still going to bars watching Jack, that apartment building slash country singer, <laughs> <laughs> because she just really loves seeing him perform. So she gets in contact with him and says, look, I'm really scared for my life. This is my boyfriend, Doug, who is killing people with me, and I think I need to get away. And Jack implies, maybe we should tell the police. And she says, no, don't do that. Um, but they agree to meet later at his van. Um, because uh, that's how that conversation went. So, that was the end of June. August the 9th. Wait, what happened at the, at the van? Yeah. August the 9th, there's a 911 call that comes in. There is a foul odour on this street. Oh, she killed him. It is coming from this van. Ah, uh, she killed him. This is Jack's van. Um, when they look in the back, they find his headless body slumped over one of the seats. He's been stabbed nine times and they said his whole body is swollen from the heat in that van. Not a dread to think. Although instantly my head went to that cheese that we had over Christmas that we cooked in the oven. Camembert. That's the one. But I bet it smelt worse. Um, she... She... Uh, the police find a 25 caliber shell casing and they start asking around at the bar where Jack sang and they, everyone was like, well, I mean, Carol, his ex was there that night and she wasn't looking too happy because Carol loves to complain and drink. And the police go to question her. 
and they take her down to the police station and Doug's like, I'm going to come along because I want to be helpful. And Carol says, well, I was with Doug all day, so it can't have been me. And the police said she was cold one minute and then really chatty the next. And then she'd be really fluid with what she was saying and then she'd get really disjointed and didn't really know what was going on and, and um, not good. So they decide, actually, let's question Doug. And they said it's a really cool police station because I assume they all have, like, aircon over there, don't they? What do they call it? AC. What do the Americans call it? They call it somewhere, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, but, but not... Go Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's very nice and cool there, but he is profusely sweating and he's very agitated. And he says, yeah, Carol was with me all night. Um, and a few hours later, he says, look, okay, she did disappear and she didn't come home until four in the morning. But apart from that, she was with me. <laughs> um, so Carol confesses, yes, okay, I lured him to the van because I thought we were going to, you know, I said we'll have sex. And then I shot him in the head and then I took off his head because that way I could hide the bullets. But she didn't think about the casing that was on the floor. Um, and Boy, that's it escalated quickly. Uh, yeah. And she says, yeah, okay, me and Doug are the Sunset Strip killers. So it all comes out. And she, it, oh, it's really gross. She says, it's fun to kill people. Um, and if I was allowed to run loose, I'd probably do it again. I have to say, I know it's going to sound sick. It's going to sound psycho. And I don't really think I'm that psycho. Carol, you're that psycho. Yeah, you are. Sorry, mate. But it's kind of like riding a roller coaster. Mm. Um, she also gives the police some clothing that belongs to the victims that have been killed and the photos of Doug with that 11-year-old. So they can arrest Doug for the child molestation, but they haven't really got anything for him for the murders at the minute. Carol's like... accusations. Sorry, go Okay. Um, it's like sort of all falling on Carol at the minute, so she's fucked. So, yeah, they search for some evidence whilst he's being held on a child molestation charge um, to try and connect them to these murders because they think they're both in it. And they ask Carol, what did you do with Jack's head? And she said, I came home to Doug and said, I've brought Jack home. And she had a bag with his head in it. And they both <laughs> laughed about it. I mean, that is a little bit funny. Like, <laughs> just, it's fine because I'm not Jack or his family. <laughs> Oh, like obviously it's not funny to kill people, but if you're gonna kill somebody, you can't think. Oh, Jack's what? home. I love the idea of her being like, "Do you know what? Doug would love this. I'm. I've got such a good idea." <laughs> well, they <laughs> like, said that like she's got some classic fan. Like she's tagging him in a meme. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That. I mean, that probably would have been their height of <laughs> comedy to them, I guess, wouldn't it? Um. But they think sometimes she's. Is she still alive? No. Oh, okay. Do you reckon, like, sometimes be before she died, she'd just be sitting there? Oh, <laughs> I'm I bought Jack home. Ah, <laughs> oh, classic banter between me and Doug. Yeah. Well, they reckon it was like her, because not only do killers, like, take trophies, but they thought, well, this is her trying to show that she's as good as Doug, because obviously Doug's chopped someone's head off before. So she's obviously trying to please him again, and, like, bitch, stop being so thirsty. Like, just, yeah. Um, so Doug admits, okay, look, I did help get rid of Jack's head, but I didn't kill him. And he knows that the guns are in Carol's name. He was clever about this. So there's no physical evidence on him. He can't, they can't prove he shot anyone because 
they're not his guns. So they search around their home to try and find some evidence and they find uh, like pornographic magazines and sex toys, which like, you know, you can't judge people on that. It doesn't mean they're murderers. So there's no murder weapons and they can't find the guns. So they've got nothing to go on at this point. I bet they still tried in the courts though, didn't they? I bet they still were like... You had a dildo in your house. You must be a serial killer. I bet yeah. that's what you used to chop that girl's head off, isn't it? I feel like that'd take a long time, though. No, I'm not even going to go into that. Um, <laughs> so, what? <laughs> you just trying to imagine someone chopping a head off with a dildo. <laughs> I just love the fact that you're like, it's not, it's not that it's not possible to chop someone's head off with a dildo. You're like, no, that'll probably take too long. That's the problem with that. <laughs> Unless it's like a double-ended one and they just use it like a piece of cheese wire. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, for you, uh, so okay, this is where we're going to find out some grim stuff. So, August 13th, Carol is being held with no bail because they're like, look, some serious shit's going on with you, girl. And they ask her, what happened to Cindy and Gina? And this is when she says, Doug picked them up on the Sunset Strip. He um, made them perform sex acts on him and then he shot them both in the head. Where he then took their bodies to like a storage garage thing that you like rent out and um he raped their dead bodies oh and kept them there for a while to do his things and then after he was done with that he he dumped their bodies and that's when they were found so they go to the garage and they see it's got a concrete floor but Carol told the police that there was a mattress there because he must have been like hmm it must be comfortable for me whilst I do this horrible thing uh, what goes through these people's heads really like i'm gonna do this to a dead body but i'm also gonna make sure that i bring my silent night mattress with me need and to, need to make sure my knees are comfortable yeah Don't care if they're alive or dead but i need to make sure my knees are comfortable oh i forgot the mattress topper like <laughs> who i don't know um fuck i forgot to light the candle yeah <laughs> So they find cool. some red marks on the floor, which they guess are blood and a bloody footprint. And that, so we said this about what well, I said this about that Richard Ramirez documentary. Um, the guy didn't change his shoes. So whilst they had him in custody, they matched the bloody footprint from the garage to the damn boots he had on in custody. What is with these people? Do they not own more than one pair of shoes? But that's how, yeah, so he's in custody. And they find bullet holes and dried blood inside his van. Not van, he has a car. Poor old Jack had the van, didn't he? Um, and when it came to Karen and Exy, they, he, Carol says, oh, well, Karen says something that really annoyed him. Um, and he, he killed Exy and sort of said, like, I'm going to be back for you to Karen. So he, he took Exy, killed her, like shot her in the head and kept her head on the back seat in his car. Um, and then he, he did go back and he then killed Karen. And he takes Exy's head home. And this is when uh, she did the whole putting makeup on it thing and all that weird shit. Um, August the 15th, they finally find the two guns. They are behind loose bricks at a factory where Doug works. Like, of all the places, they're going to go to your home and the place of work, aren't they? Fucking idiots. 
So he is charged with five counts of first-degree murder. And then um, a few days later, um, a workman finds in the bushes the skeleton, skeletal remains of Marnet Kaima, who was the girl they first killed together. Um, she's got 25 caliber bullets in her head as well. So Doug, Doug is charged with six counts of murder and he is ordered his sentences. The death penalty. Um, Carol is charged with two counts of murder. Although, do you know what? I reckon she was probably involved in more. I don't think it's as... Um, like After what she did to Jack... She must have been involved in more. And, however, because she signs a plea deal with them and says she's going to testify against Doug, she escapes the death penalty and she's given life without parole. Um, but in 2003, she dies of heart failure in prison. Um, she was 61. And Doug is still on death row to this day. I've checked. He's still there. He's still alive. Not been killed yet. He's never confessed to his guilt of anything that he has done so the only reason we know that he did it is because she said it's because she said and that is the story of the sunset strip killers i don't believe her i think she did more um but that is your bedtime story i hope you sleep well probably won't because so we had the authentic crack sound at the start of the mm -hmm. old podcast i've just opened a can of relentless and... oh and you've not drank a sip yeah i have been consistently sipping all the way through the episode. Oh, okay. Um, so, I'm mm, going to not sleep very mm, well at all. No, you're not. It's your fault. Oh, have you got anything happy to talk about? To leave this on a lighter note? Um, no. <laughs> no, sad no, week. No. Okay. No, it's, I don't have the Rona. No, that's good. So we had a, a concern that I could have the Rona um, at the start of last week. So I took, did the, did the responsible thing and I self-isolated and I took a test. And that came back negative, but I still didn't feel very well. And then the fast began. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I rang the 111 people to see what it was because I knew that it wasn't Rona. And um, that was a big run around, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they they told me they thought I did have it and I needed to have another test. So I rang to get another test, and they said I couldn't have another test because I already had one. So I just had to self isolate regardless. So what do I do? They said, oh, well, you can claim a grant. So I said, okay, I'll go claim the grant. I tried to claim the grant. They said no, because you haven't had a positive test. So, well, how can I have a positive test if they won't give me another test? Mm. So in the end, I got another test. <laughs> <laughs> And it was negative. And it was negative. Mm. What so, a shit show. But bottom line is, I'm healthy and... Just suffering a man flu. Millions of other people are not. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm not healthy healthy. I'm still ill, but yeah. like... A little bit better at least. Yeah. yeah. Not in hospital at least. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to throw it to you because there's so many out there and I know that I'm trying to do stories that are a little bit different maybe. I don't want to kind of cover the big ones like I would have told Ben about Richard Ramirez but then obviously the, the whole Netflix thing came out. I want to try and do some maybe different stories that you think people might not have heard of. So if you've got any niche um, 
little stories, any kind. Throw me suggestions because I'm gonna do it. Um, we're not gonna do Eliza Lamb. I'm sorry because Netflix is also covering that soon this month, which I'm gonna make Ben watch. Um, if you haven't heard of it, then get your head out of your bum bum and go and look it up. The Cecil Hotel. Oh, we're going to watch the Netflix thing together. You need to see it to understand it, I think, because a lot of it's video footage of her. Um, but yeah, basically, throw me your suggestions. Give me any of your good little stories. I don't think I've read, I haven't read any True Crime books this week. I'm more into horror at the minute. So yeah, um, let me know. Thank you to all our listeners that we now have in Ireland. We have listeners in Ireland, Ben. Um... Where else? America. And yeah, sorry again about England. the country. Actually, I'm not sorry about the country. Music. Oh, sorry, right, okay. Um, and there was other places, but I can't think where. I want to say Italy, weirdly. It's, it's getting out there. So, and I'm enjoying it. I really have fun with it. So, thank you. And I hope you enjoy it too. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful adventure of sad bedtime stories. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.